Hi everybody, this is Larry from Restoring the Farmstead Podcast, and uh, this is a special edition podcast uh, that I'm going to entitle Deer Hunting 2020. (laughs) I apologize for us not being very regular this fall. I just saw where the last time we did a regular Restoring the Farmstead podcast, it was back in August. And here we are. It is the 21st of November. So uh, we've been saying we got to get another podcast done. And then something comes up and we forget about it till the next day. And then we say we need to get a podcast recorded. So uh, that's not what this is. But I just thought I'd give a a little uh, bonus one because today is the first weekend. It's a Saturday. It's the first weekend of shotgun deer season. Now, there's been bow hunting for a little while, but this year uh, I'm not, I just don't have the time for that, but I had this weekend reserved and uh, I'm sitting up here in a deer stand um, that was left by uh, uh, my son Andy. it's, uh, I really probably ought to have a harness or a belt because <laughs> I'm up here on something that's <clears throat> barely big enough to hold my, uh, my big patootie. But, uh, no, I thought I would just kind of have a little conversation up here. There hasn't been anything moving and I'm actually down in the bottom ground. And I had just made a post on my Facebook page <clears throat> kind of answering uh, a question that sometimes I get, which is, why do you hunt? And, you know, I, I do enjoy eating the game that we, uh, that we hunt, uh, but that's really not the biggest thing. The biggest thing is I have two weekends a year that I dedicate to spending out in nature on the ground that's been passed down to me generation after generation. <clears throat> and this, uh, where this deer stand is right here was ground that was uh, owned and farmsteaded, homesteaded by my great-great-grandfather, Miner Quicksall. <clears throat> and if I turn around... And I look through the little bit of a wooded hillside where I'm sitting and across the field, maybe a couple hundred yards, I see where his father's homestead was. And that was Aaron Quicksall. And he's the one who brought the family here in, uh, with the first piece of ground being purchased in 1863. And I'm looking straight across some open fields and I see the 20 acre piece that he purchased. And it has a a tillable section, then it goes up a hillside. And on that hillside, there is uh, uh, old, there's uh, old ruts on the hillside from a trail that used to go right through there. And in the cemetery that's just up on the hillside, you can also see where the road trail used to be. And the the local history 
shares that that was a trail that went from um, Fort Kaskaski, which was Illinois' first capital, which is now an island in the Mississippi River, and it traveled up to Fort Dearborn, which is now modern-day Chicago. And there was a large spring, and I can look over in this direction and see the corner of a field, and just beyond that is where this large spring is. It's capped off now, but it still has a lot of water running out of it. And this township is called Big Spring Township, named after that big spring. And the French, who were some of the first to establish trails here, would stop there because it was a large supply of fresh water. And to think that kind of history is just right there and part of it where people for hundreds of years drove a you know, horse and wagon, horse and buggy, or walked along that trail to a ford that went across the river. To me, it's just a wonder and a blessing. So I'm looking back here over my shoulder again where Aaron Quicksaw was. And when his oldest son, Minor, was of age, he purchased this ground right here where I'm sitting. And he raised a family. And one of his sons, Henry, moved a half a mile down the road and built his farmstead there. Uh, and I believe it was the youngest of Miner's daughters uh, married and began living on this farmstead of her father's when he moved into town in his old age after his, his wife had passed away. And that was Nora. And when Nora passed away, her descendants sold the ground to my dad, Edward. And when my dad passed away seven years ago, uh, the land was willed, gifted to me. And it's just, it's great to spend time here thinking and looking and pondering uh, about the generations, about how the, the ground has been the Quicksaw family here for well over 150 years. That's pretty neat. Some of you that listen to this podcast, you know, you're, you're sitting on homesteads or farmsteads that have been passed on to you. And I'm sure, I'm very sure that you recognize the blessing that that is. And those of you who dream or are just starting homesteading, and you're, you're either looking for ground or you have just purchased ground. Don't think of it as just something that you'll enjoy for a while or for a lifetime. As somebody who is receiving the benefit of 150 plus years 
think about your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, your great-great-great-grandchildren. Because that's possible. It is possible. The homestead you're starting now may be something that continues on in your family if you plan it outright. If you plan it outright. But it's beautiful out here. Maybe you don't have land yet. Maybe you're just kind of fascinated with the topic. And you like driving through the country and you you see the old farms and you see the old barns that are disappearing so rapidly. Remember, that used to be somebody's home. Somebody poured their blood, sweat, and tears into making it work. They raised families there. There were yards full of kids. You go back to my ancestors, many of them had lots of kids. Not on the quick sauce side, but uh, branching off to the Turners. Uh, there was one family. Uh, he had two wives. The first one passed away. Uh, but between his two wives, um, this family, they had 21 children. <laughs> Can you imagine what the health insurance for that would cost today? Uh, or if you had them all in remote learning and you had to get them all laptops? <laughs> oh, but sit back. Take some time. Take a weekend and just dedicate it to uh, enjoying what you have or spending time thinking about what you would love to have. Is there a right time to uh, start a, a farmstead or actually start to put your, your dreams into uh, motion? Well, I guess you could say there's probably better times and worse times. But don't put it off. Don't put it off. You know, if you need, if, if your part of your plan is to save up money so you can put down a good down payment, that, that's logical. That makes sense. But if you find the ideal spot, you know, talk to your tax person. Talk to an accountant. Um, see, you know, hey, what what's... The, you know, am I stable enough or, you know, to, uh, to maybe take out a mortgage to get, maybe it's three acres, maybe it's five, maybe it's 10, maybe it's, you know, like us where we, we, you know, the, our, our home sits on 20 acres, but you know what? The price of ground has come down in a lot of areas and I don't think we're going to probably see interest rates much lower. You know, my wife and I, we, uh, we sometimes say we should have started this 10 years sooner because we're getting to the age that things hurt. <laughs> we don't have the stamina that we once did. And, uh, but I'm glad we didn't put it off anymore because we absolutely love living out in the country on the family farm with our 30 goats, two 
miniature horses, 20-some chickens, five livestock guardian dogs, farm cats, house cats, even the wiener dog, pond full of fish. Ah, gunshot. Maybe I better keep my eyes open. (laughs) But it's a lot of fun. It's a great enjoyment. And uh, I hope that each of you can make your homestead or farmstead dreams come true. All right. Well, I'm going to close up this special edition of the podcast and uh, keep my eyes open for something that may run across my line of sight. (laughs) Have a great one. Take care. Bye-bye.